It's Thierry Henry! He scored! He scored for Arsenal in the Bernabeu! Looks like Shaman! Giroud plays it in the middle! Ahead again! And Ramsey arriving! And Arsenal are back in front! Scores in the FA Cup final again! Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Arsenal Editor Podcast. It's been another good week. Another great week, and we'll get stuck right into it, to be quite honest. But we've got Connor here with us. Uh, we've actually got two people here with us uh, today. We do have Connor and his lovely new handlebars uh, on his face. <laughs> Welcome to the both of you. Yeah, you know, my, my handlebars feel very, very welcomed and very furry. You know, you can, you can maybe hear the fur to the listeners. Um, but oh, yeah. it's all in aid of November. So, you know, screeching in on my, on my tricycle with my handlebars. Uh, to to record another podcast for another great week to be an Arsenal fan. Uh, so I'm very excited to to get stuck in. Yeah, looks good, mate. Looks good. Is is the is the handlebars on the face Arsenal fans, or are they uh, the moustache that you do have there accompanying you, or is that someone that's uh, uh, are, they, are they perhaps somewhere else? Nottingham Forest, maybe. <laughs> and, uh, have we got anything else? I don't know. Oh. I don't know about me moustache jokes, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, that's, why, you... that's why I moustache you who they just support. Oh, no. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, keep them coming. Mm. Oh, well, that's it. I mean, uh, look, that's as good as you're going to get, to be quite honest. But look, football <laughs> happened. Football's good. Everything was lovely. So um, we'll get straight into it. I mean, where do we start? Uh, look, I think I just want to start in saying it's been a long time uh, coming. Um, I think, obviously, it was Chelsea... We were away. I do think going into it, it it had the feeling like things were going to go well. A few reasons. Firstly, we're better than Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, um, Chelsea are worse than Arsenal. That's both things <laughs> very true at the same time. Very, very they 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 correlate the same way. Yeah. Um, but uh, I do think there was a couple of factors going into it, like the fact that we were away midday on a Sunday. Like mm-hmm. that's going to take the sucker out of any crowd in terms of where I always think when you're at home, you want to be at home at the night time on a Friday night. If you're away, you want it to be a Sunday at 12. Like, and it was cloudy and Chelsea did have a few injuries. Um, we're on a roll. They're not basically. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I felt quite good going into it. And obviously with Zinchenko back and everything, it did feel like everything was um, uh, coming up aces, if that's a phrase. Uh, but um, I don't know if this is like respect, like retrospective confidence, but there was definitely something going into it. I don't know how you felt. Yeah, I think even, you know, looking back in, in hindsight, you can definitely tell the games where you're like, yeah, I feel up for this. Or, you know, when it's a, a Newcastle away, and you're just not feeling up for it and you're not feeling confident for whatever reason. Uh, and yeah, to add to, to one of your reasons, Toby, uh, as Ben White says, um, we're really good at football. So that's also true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so looking at that Chelsea squad, um, you know, you can see they're, they're not on a roll. They're in a completely different uh, era, completely different step of the process, to be honest. They've just no. got a new manager. The new manager's trying to suss out the new system. It's going to take them, you know, as long, if not longer, with, than, you know, that it took us. And I think that that showed today. And Aubameyang was, was nowhere to, to be seen, which, which I was very very pleased with. I think he touched the ball eight times and he got a yellow card and then got substituted. Um, 
And as much as I, I loved Albert Arsenal, uh, I think the media set him up for a, a very, <laughs> very standard and very welcome drilling. So, you know, there's, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that and taking the, the positives from, from the game, even if we drew, I don't know, just as long as Albert didn't score, I didn't mind. Um, but we won the game. We dominated it. I think Chelsea had five shots, one on target. And mm. what more What more can you ask for? And I think Erdegaard said in one of his, uh, in I think his post-match interview, that that's what you want to do. You want to go to a ground like that on a day like that and just to dominate games as if you were at home. And that's exactly what we did. Yeah. What did you, what did you make of the media thing? I mean... Um... It was quite weird, wasn't it? I mean, firstly, the, the interesting thing, obviously, obviously this is centering around Aubameyang, for those of you that have been living under a cave um, and don't know, uh, Aubameyang did his big, um, it's nothing personal thing, which was quite funny uh, and definitely didn't tee him up for anything good. Um, <laughs> but but also, uh, there is a side of me that also was thought was quite innocent and I don't know if you've seen the video going around with him in the green screen and like you can see the whole video of him being basically thrown lines at him mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he could have said no, but uh, he definitely got to one point and they were like, can you say I'm blue? I'm back. You know, he's kind of like Haha, laughing and he does it. And then he goes, yeah, yeah. can you say it's nothing personal Arsenal? And he's kind of like laughs. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. And, um, but as like, I don't know, as sticking it to your old um, club goes, Saying it's nothing personal probably means it's not very personal, and uh, <laughs> like it doesn't, it didn't offend me at all, and I don't feel anything bad towards Bangyang. I mean this in the nicest possible way, but mainly because he's not very good anymore, and mm. that's why we got rid of him. You know, like, <laughs> it's it's there's no bad blood there for me. You know, he was underperforming for eighteen months. Um, it it was declining, mm -hmm. and I, I I think we we got rid of him at the right time, and I. I think evidence has pointed that Chelsea aren't performing and neither is Aubameyang. I think it's a bad fit for a bad club and a bad player. Quite frankly, now he was good and um, it, it just doesn't offend me. They're sitting in what, like, I don't know, 25th place. Um, and it, it, I love that. So, you know, kudos to Aubameyang. Yeah. And, you know, it was all, it was there for him. You know, he, he knew London and he, his family home had just been robbed in Barcelona. He'd been assaulted um, and he was moving back He's to the place. He's to bring the tone down. Yeah, got to bring the tone down. <laughs> no, and uh, he, you know, he, in that um, regard, he came to London to a manager he knew, to a place he knew where he could settle down with his family. And, and fair enough, you know. He wasn't going to go back to Arsenal and he wanted to go back to London under, under Tuchel and then hasn't worked out for him. But, you know, he's, as you said, he's not the player he once was. He's not firing. He's not putting it away. And we, we got rid of him when the time was right for, for both him and Arsenal. And I think, you know, exactly what you said, Toby, he was definitely fed those lines. I don't think he would have said them if he, uh, if he was on his own. Maybe people will disagree with me, but I think he would have just mm -hmm. said, you know, I'm back or something like that. Uh, which would have been fine. Um, yeah. And, you know, he he's now got to to lay in the bed that uh, that he's made. He signed a contract there and, and he's going to have to deal with it. Yeah, exactly. But um, look, it didn't end well for him and uh, eight touches, no good chances and uh, no idea if he had any shots, but um, certainly didn't feel like it. So um, but, but just going back to what you were saying before, you're right. It's it, like... Over a long period of time, I 
think there has been a lot of doubters, uh, and I don't just mean various out to the media, cough, cough, Gary Neville, cough, cough. Um, <laughs> but I do also mean internally, you know, we had a, a huge part of the group that were our tether out, and many of us have had to be patient. Even, you know, I think we have receipts, Connor, for you and I going back and always backing back to our tether because there's been something, not always with the confidence it would turn out with anything, but definitely mm-hmm. with the confidence we should wait it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, which I think is is a fair reflection. And um, I think a lot of the external side of things, and even sometimes internally with the fans, it's been uh, it's been doubted. And it's funny that you say that, you know, that we're at the kind of, not peak of our powers, because I still think we're on our way up, but we're mm-hmm. definitely a, a somewhat polished article. And when you say things like, the other team at the beginning of their process. It's the same with Manchester United. It's the same with us. Sorry, the same with Chelsea. Mm-hmm. But it's not just us saying this now. It is um, Graham Potter saying this out loud. It's other people saying this about Manchester United, directly referencing Arsenal as a comparison point. And it's exactly the same process that they have been laughing at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Again, I mean internally, with people laughing at trust the process. It's exactly the same process they've been laughing at, and it was so. It was just coming to this crescendo of this game, where quite frankly we haven't been as good as Chelsea in about fifteen years. Mm-hmm. And the end of this process, the trajectory of this process was was just exemplified on this day. And you know, I think it's just really, really nice to be seen by the likes of uh, Graham Potter, the rest of the media, even um, you know, respected managers like Scott Parker being on BT Sport saying this and it's like it's kind of vindication of everything we've been speaking about which is why I think it felt so good and um, I think there's an acknowledgement of a process and admittedly our process didn't start with a £200 million investment in the same mm-hmm. summer um, but uh, mm-hmm. Chelsea's did um, but look I, I think Graham Potter's a great manager and annoyingly he's a likeable guy and I think he'll probably do quite well but we'll, we'll see if Chelsea are patient enough but um I, felt, I, felt, I don't know about you, but I felt pretty great, mainly because we won, but secondly, because, um, it, it, again, just further vindication of everything that we've been talking about. And when it's in reflection to other teams, trying to copy these same models and all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. great. No, of course. And it's always nice to see the fruits of at least some of the labour you've put in. And, you know, the club have been putting in work day mm-hmm. in, day out throughout the whole process. We saw in, in the Arsenal um, documentary as well. And mm-hmm. I think as fans, you know, you also put in work that you, you have to accept that your team that was once great and once doing all of this in the right way is now having to rebuild and restructure. And you're not going to always see the amount of change, the type of change and uh, the quantity of change that, that you want. So I think, you know, it's always great as an Arsenal fan to say that, you know, everything that I've put up with, have put faith in and you know, stuck with and believed in despite everything that was going on is now working. And then Mm. this is why I want to, you know, enjoy this now. And that's the, that's the word It's to enjoy it. It's to savor it and to also keep it up. You know, the the next word is consistency. So we felt great on Sunday, you know, uh, a great day, just footballing wise in general for, for Arsenal, for Arsenal women's Spurs last United got smashed by Emery. And, you know, it was, a, it was a great day and it's just to, it's just a question of enjoying it now and, and hoping that it continues. Yeah, if it wasn't for that damn Kevin De Bruyne dive, honestly, we would have been. I, I can't believe that. I, what, like, how on earth has that not been brought back? Not only was there, I mean, I don't know whether there was contact or not, it's very debatable. 
And then beyond that, he just sort of goes, oh, have I been, have I been kicked? Don't know. Um, do you know what? I'm just going to jump as if I've been shot by the biggest bazooka known to man and uh, go in a different direction. Like, oh, yeah. mate. anyway, look, but look, I'm just, I'm just very happy that that's the kind of thing we're getting angry about. And, you know, it's not, mm-hmm. the, it's not other teams around us like Southampton and Wolves that we're worrying about. <laughs> like yeah, we of course. Yeah, yeah Brighton as well. Classic. Yeah, exactly. So, but look, all on the up. And I think if, if we go through the game anyway, I guess the, the lineups, the only uh, point of conversation was Zinchenko Tierney. So curious to, to, to think, to, to hear what you think about that after, after a really good performance with Tierney in midweek. For me, you know, Zinchenko, I think, having been selected in that role, is now the clear first-choice left-back. And he can play that role that Arteta wants him to do, that inverted full-back role to a T. You know, he occupies that middle space. He's also you know, um, left-footed but confident enough on his right foot. And he's confident in being a central midfielder. He plays it for his country. And as a result, he's got the defensive now, the passion and the work rate to, to get in. And he plays that role um, really, really well. But for me, the next talking point is that at times in transitions, Zinchenko is not the quickest. So at times I felt that on that right side, Chelsea did have a lot of space. They had mm. a lot of space to exploit and run in behind where, you know, if you play a city, they're going to exploit that like there's no tomorrow. Um, where I think Tierney, of course, is a lot quicker on, on the transition. And you've got Martinelli, who's one of the, the only wingers in the league that actually tracks back. But even then, you know, he's got to run 60, 60 yards more than you and you're probably going to get there uh, quicker if you're Sinchenko. But then even then, are you going to get there quick enough is the next question. So for me, it's that sort of toss-up is that you do run a risk when you play Sinchenko in terms of the transition, the speed, uh, but you have that inverted fullback, you know, ready-made for you. Uh, or do you play Tierney who maybe won't pick the, the defense-splitting pl- uh, defense pass, but he will... Uh, be able to run up and down and not leave you as exposed. Yeah, I think um, I think it's a fair summary, and I think that the writing's on the wall. I think right, you know, has been out. Suddenly, that's it. Bam, he's starting in the, on the left. But it's not really a left back, is it? Like he is a left back in the left spaces, but is very much played as a midfielder. And it's clearly something that Arteta wants his left back to do. It's just something that maybe he doesn't see Tierney as part of his skill set in its entirety. And um, Look, and it's risk reward, right? It's it's we're taking control of this game. Can you beat William Saliba and Gabriel? No, not many people can. Mm-hmm. I think the combination of that spine, where you have, you know, you've got Saliba, Partey, uh, Gabriel Jesus, Zinchenko coming from the left in the middle, like that is allowing us to play a different style of football. Like mm-hmm. if, even if we look at Saliba. And we look at Gabriel Jesus. Gabriel Jesus versus Lacazette last season. Mm, mm-hmm. It's night and day. Yeah, you know we have we'll get onto goals and various things, but like we've got an out and out unbelievable striker who's running in behind. He's making himself physical. He's a threat in behind. Whether he's scoring or not doesn't matter. He's getting in behind. He's making these chances. So mm-hmm. that puts their defense on the back foot. They're scared, but. In previous seasons, we didn't have a William Saliba who is an all singing, all dancing, quick, quick mm-hmm. recovering, tall, confident, you know, Strong, you can be five, yep. five yards offside and I'll still catch you mm-hmm. um, sort of player. 
which it allows us to play further up the pitch. So we've got this whole different area of the pitch we're playing in, which means it allows the likes of Zinchenko to come in and dominate a game. And suddenly, it's like, to quote the Arsenal Vision podcast, squeezing the toothpaste up the pitch. Like, <laughs> um, And uh, it, it makes a massive difference for the kind of players that we can bring in and do that. And that's why I think Zinchenko makes his difference. Mm-hmm. No, and I would agree. I think that's that's also a good summary. And, you know... He he plays for the badge. He plays uh, with passion, and and that's what you want. And it's the same with Tierney. And I I listened to um, Paul Merson talking about the the topic as well, and he he said it exactly right in the sense that you know Tierney may not be playing, but you need someone like him in the squad. You know, you need to keep him happy. You need to keep him feeling involved. He's a great character. He's loved by everyone. And you know, if you get a sizable sum, something to consider. But mm. for me that's the kind of squad depth that you need. You know, you, you look at someone like a City or Real Madrid, they've got a couple uh, players behind that scenario, behind the, the starters, who will come in and do the exact same job, just in a different way. And I think that's what uh, Tierney brings to to that left-back role. Yeah, look, he came on, did a great job. He played unbelievably midweek, scored a screamer, put a 10 out of 10 performance in. And, you know, I think he, he ended up coming on as well. So, um, and mm-hmm. uh, look, Zinchenko and Tierney had a huge hug at the end of the game. And uh, it was a big embrace, and I think it just shows you know, the togetherness of the squad. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, looking at the overall picture of the game, um, we played well enough between the spaces from the back to the front, and had enough chances to justify a very comfortable victory. I think it could have been two, it could have been three. The fact that it came through a, a bit of a scruffy goal mm-hmm. um, doesn't bother me in the slightest because we deserved a scruffy goal. Like, you know, I think you make your own luck. You put enough crosses in the box. You put enough shots on goal. This is the kind of thing that's going to happen. So, that's it, yeah. So, you know, all, all, all very good indeed. What did you think of the goal specifically? Uh, you know, there's a part of me that, that wished, you know, Bukayo Saka's uh, corner went straight in. And you can say mm. you, you scored from a corner and then you can go about how he definitely meant it. Like the last time he scored against Chelsea. Um, ah, yeah. So I would have loved that. Um but, you know, Gabriel did the exact right thing. I would have been also uh, interested and probably would have been talking about it if Gabriel left it and would have been talking about, like, ah, oh, you know, just put it in, you know. Yeah. You, you score, I score. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, he just he did the right thing. He did the right yeah, thing. so you put it in, you get a goal for yourself. and Nearly that's missed. The way to go. <laughs> you know, you could have <laughs> made it easier for himself. Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah, like, yeah, like getting, you know. yeah. Getting as close as you can to the bloody post, but um, yeah, you know, if you really want to, you know, like a good true Arsenal player, give me a heart attack when I really don't need one. Um, <laughs> that that's the way to do it. And mm. so I think it was well worked. You know, we've become set piece specialists ever since um, we we've got that backroom staff to Arteta in. So I think we we're, we're definitely a threat from there, and it's another added added threat for us. And you know, you've got Gabriel, who's a menace in the air. Mm in and around the box and he gambled and he got it right. So I think it was a, it was a great team goal in general. I don't think Gabriel would have got that opportunity if the team hadn't played their part. No, I think it's lucky. And, um, but, uh, you know, you make your own luck and I think we put the ball in enough times to make that happen. And uh, I don't know like, if you saw it, but there was a Chelsea fan that chucked in something. I don't know what it was, but onto the middle of the pitch and that mm-hmm. made Saka and everyone stop and he had to go and chuck it off. And then, like, Thiago Silva, everyone was sort of out position and then just whipped one in. And it was like, well, thank you to the Chelsea fan that, that, that disrupted everything in the middle. You know, I think I'll put it down to you. So thanks so much. Um, yeah, thanks for the assist. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Love to see it. Um, uh, Gabriel Jesus. Do we, have any, do, do we have any questions on him? I haven't seen. Let me check. Um, I think we probably do. I suspect we probably do. It's a recurring theme uh, throughout our, our podcast. Yeah, it is. I mean, actually, do you know what? We don't have a. We don't think we do have a question about that. So um, let's go into it. What, what, what are your thoughts? I think. Um, what yeah. Pleases you? What, what, what doesn't please you? What's uh, what's the situation? No, this man just needs a goal. He's doing everything that he possibly can to get a goal, and it's just not working out. Um, just not quite there. You know the. Uh, shot against Zurich where it skimmed off the keeper's shoulder. I don't know how that doesn't go in. And it's just mm-hmm. shots like that and chances like that where, you know, on another given day, if he's banging form, he's going to put those away. And that's what he needs. You know, he's still going to be a 15, 15 goal a season striker. That's going to be plenty. And he may, more than makes up for it in terms of his overall play. And I'm sure I've said this before, and I'm sure, you know, you and I have also agreed on this before, Toby. That's like, there's more to Jesus than than goals. There's also assists, there's movement, there's aggression, there's fear. And I think for me, he's doing exactly what we, we brought him to do and he just deserves that goal. And he just deserves that recognition. I think if he um, doesn't score for the rest of the season and continues playing like he does, he'll be our player of the season. That's mm-hmm. how good he is being right now. Um I don't. I think it would be great, and I think it will take him to the next level. And I think it's coming. Um, I'm not worried at all. It's an interesting stat I saw. Gabriel Jesus has missed the most amount of big chances compared to anybody else in the top five leagues in Europe. Mm-hmm. Sounds bad. Who else is up there with him? So he's missed eleven. Also missed. Well, he's missed eleven. Others are on ten missed big chances. Karim Benzema, Sadio Mane, Kylian Mbappe. Robert Lewandowski, uh, Tammy Abraham, and Jonathan David. Look at the quality of people who are getting these chances. And this sounds silly, but to miss. But how many of these guys scoring? How many will Jesus end up scoring through getting mm-hmm. these tallies? You know, he's making things happen. I tell you what, Saka and Martinelli don't get anywhere near the goals they're getting at the moment as a team contribution, if it isn't for the Gabriel Jesus. And God knows where we've been in the league about him. And uh, do you know what? It's a very easy thing to pick on, not getting the goals, but mm-hmm. uh, I've not seen anyone do it, which is, again, surprising. Uh, like, all of the pundits are lauding him. This is, like, unbelievable. And, um, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, I, I, I think um, he's one of our best players and it's obvious and... Long may whatever he's doing continue, goals or no goals. No, of course. And, you know, I think his stature in the team has also grown. And you just look to Thursday against Zurich as well. He was captain mm-hmm. ahead of Bobby Holding, who usually takes the armband in those kinds of scenarios over, over Tierney as well. Uh, so it was definitely a scenario where I, I think that just, you know, encapsulated where his efforts are going as well as on the pitch, you know, off the yeah. pitch. He is a leader. He's challenged everyone. He's experienced. He's got that mentality. And, you know, he's been selected in the Brazil squad for the World Cup alongside a fellow Gabby, uh, Martinelli. So, unfortunately, we didn't yeah. get the trio there. Didn't Gabriel didn't make it. Uh, but, you know, his efforts are being recognised, not only mm. locally, but also abroad. I know. I saw, um, I saw a really funny tweet, actually. It was like, 
feel really bad for Gabby, but I'm so glad Gabby and Gabby are going. But next time, Gabby will probably be there. And look, I still really support Gabby and Gabby, but I want to just sort of, I can't remember exactly. <laughs> that. Um, yeah, I, I don't, we sidetracked a bit here, but like, oh my God, when I, I was going to Apple Voyage last night, which I'm sure I mentioned quite a few times, which is unbelievable. <laughs> um, and, uh, what was I going to say? Um, and uh, yeah, I, felt, I honestly felt like we just beaten Spurs when I saw Martinelli get in the score because he was in, he was out, and mm-hmm. uh, he deserves it more than anyone else. And I like, it, it, honestly, Charleston with zero goals, zero assists all season and being crap. Um, and, and Anthony being the weirdest player uh, who I think is just going to be another Nicolas Pepe. And when Martinelli has been tearing up, it would have been criminal if those two had gone without him. And uh, I'm so happy for him. It's mm-hmm. really, really, um, really, really sweet. I think his family sort of touch and everything. So super, super happy for him. But um, uh, what, what else do you think is it worth? No, I think probably, I think the only thing I really want to say, really, there's a few things to go into other than this, but like just the control of the game. We just mm-hmm. looked better. It's the first time I felt better than them in a long time. Thomas Party, oh my God! I mean, I just God knows what planet stratospheric level he's gone to. It's just yeah, a yeah. joke now. Ben White uh, doing the most hilarious things and getting us getting up the pitch, getting on the pitch, doing all sorts of things. I mean, Saliba is just oh again like this other level of player. Gabriel scoring for corners. Uh, you know, Saka I thought looked tired. We can talk about the booking thing, but I'm a bit done with it. I think mm-hmm. the reason to protect him better. Uh, is there anything that you really want to highlight out of this game that you think is worth going into? No, I think you hit the nail on the head, Toby. I think the control that we showed was uh, exquisite, was fantastic, and the exact right way that you want to play away from home. I think we deserve more goals, but I think we just looked like we meant business. You know, we were there, we knew what we were about, and then we were going ahead with it. So, you know, Saliba as well, just been named Arsenal Player of the Month and su- supremely well-deserved. And from someone who's been out on loan for so long, relatively cast away as a result, and has come back and now won, won the hearts of the, the Arsenal faithful and kept his place there as well. So mm. you know, the team are working for each other. I saw a togetherness, I saw a desire, and I saw a focus that I haven't seen for a while in Arsenal. So I think that Chelsea game was, was fantastic. And you know, 13, 14 points above them now. Can't, can't get better than that apart from to continue what we're doing yeah no no all very good all very good indeed and um i guess the only thing to talk about is the end actually I, I just wanted to finish on in terms of this part of the podcast is the uh the fans like i don't know if you watch it on tv or whatever but like it i couldn't hear a peep from mm-hmm. chelsea at all ever at any point i think they knew when they got there that they were defeated and uh it was total opposite uh complete unity the loudest football uh, fans in the league at the moment um just the unity and at the end it was really special and everyone was just desperate to get over to see them again and you know Michael Arteta Granite Jacker's comment live on tv mm-hmm, singing mm-hmm. and dancing it was just all excellent Ben White obviously getting us off again uh, at the earliest possible point um <laughs> as per usual all very funny but uh look, look great unity and everything like that so um mm-hmm. who's your man of the match Ooh, fantastic question. For me, it's going to, to Thomas Party. Um, as you said, you know, stratospheric levels that he's at at the moment is ridiculous. He's on cloud 99 rather than just nine. And it's a Thomas mm. Party we've wanted to see for a long time. And then now you can see how he's just grown into his role. He's got that number five and he's built a partnership with Chaka. He's built a partnership with the fans. He's scored two identical rockets. 
mm-hmm. uh, over the season already, and he's just flying. And yeah, long may that continue. May he continue to enjoy playing his football and and feeling confident on the ball. You know, I think at 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 times he reserved himself and mm. sort of was playing a little bit safer in terms of what he usually did in order to not misplace that pass that he didn't think he would make. But now he's making that pass, you know, seven times out of ten. And I think it's just reflecting in how the team is playing and he's now become an important important cog in the Arsenal machine. Couldn't agree more. What an absolute hero. And um that sounds good. Yeah, I mean he's just gone to a different complete level, right? The confidence, the swagger, the relationships across the pitch. Everybody just looks more confident on the ball. The more they play mm-hmm. together, the more they feel it, the more they know where they are. They play in pods. It's almost as if they play in threes. It's just rotational football. It's everyone they don't even look and their passes go to feet. Um they know where they're gonna be. It's mad. It's um uh, it's just all looking great. And um I think I'm gonna go with Ben White. I think he looked even better again. If he if if Connor Cody Ben White, sorry, Connor Cody, um, Harry Maguire, Mings. and uh, Mings. Is Mings even in the frame? Ah, to be fair, he has been out for a little bit. Now, a bit um, well, I mean, I think he's Mings is better than the other two. And then um, uh, who we're missing? You know, basically, if they're ahead of him, God knows what. Like, there's just don't know. There's no God in football. It's just I just. Don't <laughs> um, but yeah, Ben White again, another another class performance. Um, Your dick of the day. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to go down the the well-trodden path at this point. It has to be Alba. I know the media half set him up, but I think, you know, coming uh, back to, to Arsenal, you know, playing at home, of course, but coming back to Arsenal in that regard, you know, best thing that you did all game was a yellow card, eight touches. I think that's, that's rough. So as much as Alba mm-hmm. was, was beloved and, and adored at Arsenal, he, he's no longer our man. Yep, fair enough. I think that's a good one. I think you missed an even more obvious one, though. Oh, do do enlighten me. Alexander Zinchenko. <laughs> do you know what for? Do you remember? <laughs> no, this like slipped my mind, but I think I know what you're going to say. Go on, tell me. So, he, just the weirdest like foul throw I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Funniest thing I've ever seen. He was just like it was. It was too wet, so he went to like dummy a throw, and it just like slipped out of his hands. And everyone was like, "What?" And uh, it just dropped it. And then the referee was like, "Well, obviously that's a foul throw. Can like, I take it again?" It's like, "No." Like, oh, please, it was just one of the yeah. yeah, it was like, but it didn't count. It was very yeah. It's like when uh, Tierney tripped over his own legs somehow. Oh like, yeah, it's just a left back thing, isn't it? Yes, exactly. What it is. Um. Look, let's do a couple of questions and we'll get into to the women's side of things because uh, right. you know, they had an incredible weekend and Man United finally conceded a goal and dropped a point. So um, let's go with... Um, we'll start with the first one we got, actually. Um, Inks, K-I-G-I-L. Inks Giggle. Um, very difficult to say that one, but it's an Instagram handle. Yeah, um, do, we, do you think we are able to win against City at the Emirates? And Ishan... Question. Isham Miwazing says, uh, when we play City, what should be the eleven? Yeah. So I think for the first one, I think we can. I think we can beat City at the Emirates. I think if Arteta nails it tactically like he did last season on New Year's Day, where we just got that Gabriel red card and, and just didn't go to plan that day, I think we can do it. I think the team's flying high. I don't think there's any reason not to believe. If you, you know, famous Arsene Wenger quote, you know, if you don't believe in yourself, you have no chance at all. 
So I think, you know, we should always believe and why not? You know, I think at the Emirates, raucous fans, when we're feeling like this, you know, it's a challenge that we should relish. And I, I think we should definitely back it. And in terms of a starting eleven, there might be some specialist changes in there, you know, like a Tomiyasu-esque kind of change. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, I'm seeing mostly the same eleven. I'm seeing a Jesus there, you know, Martinelli, Odegaard, Saka, Chaka, uh, Partey, and then it's just the back four who's going to to do that. Is is Tierney going to be the one to to try and cover that that right hand side, or are we going to try to dominate the middle through through Zinchenko? Or do we just get uh, Tommy Yasu to handle that Riyad Mahrez or or um, Phil Foden or Bernardo Silva whoever's on that side? Mm. So I think I think for me a largely unchanged eleven, but I can see perhaps a tactical change or two, maybe a Moel yeah. many. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's very difficult, isn't it? I mean, I, I, do you know what? Unchanged, unchanged. I die. Well, actually, let, let's reel that back a bit. That's a bit confident. I think uh, it depends when it is. Like, there's rumours of it being in April. Mm-hmm. Like, what's if that's in April? We wouldn't have had to play City until April because we'll, we'll probably play them twice then, I think. Mm-hmm. Which means we can create some serious momentum um, and be in a really good position. It's like, well, are we ever defending a lead? Are we attacking? Like, do you know what I mean? It's very, very different. Away, I think, is very different to home. But if it's at the Emirates, I'd go uh, unchanged with a conversation around Tierney. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's it, and um, I, I don't see why we couldn't beat them. I think they're a better team. I think it's undoubtedly uh, they are, and I think that's fine. Um, uh, but I think you just got to go for it. And, yeah, um, of course. Like I, like we came close enough last season. I think we both got better. Mm-hmm. Harland, we've got a few players of theirs, a few players with a point to prove. May I add? So yeah, mm-hmm. no, there's, there's no reason. But I just don't think. I mean, who knows? But I don't think it's going to come down to that. You know, I think we've got the rest of the games, the rest of the season to focus on. Um, we've been doing so well. I mean, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, do you want to pick out a question? Yeah, with pleasure. So I'm looking at uh, uh, Zonda the Awesome 19. Great Instagram handle. Oh, yeah. Um, how much do you think the World Cup will play into the second half of the season for both us and City? Uh, can you repeat that one? With pleasure. So how much do you think the World Cup will play into the second half of the season for both us and City? And that's from Zander the Awesome 19. Well, if you look through the players that we've got going, actually not, not many of them will be both playing regularly and going deep. Uh, you know, even Jesus probably won't be playing overly regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saka probably will. Uh, other than that, like I don't think you're going to get both of those things. So I actually think this is going to be a really good reju- rejuvenation for the squad. The, mm-hmm. the deciding factors is going to be uh, if, um, I mean, like just coming down off a high or even coming down off a serious low, uh, which, which can happen. Uh, we've seen it before. Because we're going straight into a season, there's no break. How much mm-hmm. heartbreak can there be? Um, I mean, City will undoubtedly have, I mean, God, no, I haven't even looked, but I can imagine most of their players, other than Haaland, who will be in the gym, becoming <laughs> even more of a monster over that Just time. eating, like, all yeah. forms of protein available. Exactly. And look, it's completely unprecedented, so, so none of us know. But I think the crux of this is going to basically be, 
in the change of what January is going to be this season. I think January is going to basically be a summer. I think it's going to be, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's only rumours coming out now that Josh Kronke is all in in investing to go for it. No, all in. Got to uh, do it. All or nothing. I, I, if we are probably going to go into Christmas top, which is absolutely unfathomable. I mean, let me just look at our fixtures in December. So obviously we've got, we've got, We've got two more games. Okay, now three more games. We've got Wolves away, and then it's the World Cup. And then on the return, we've got West Ham at home, Brighton away. Mm-hmm. And then it's the transfer window. Mm-hmm. And we've got a difficult January. We've got Newcastle at home, Spurs away, and then Man United at home. But there's only three games. Um, that is going to be the most crucial part of the season, I think. So it's it's going to be off the back of the World Cup. Who can we buy? How far can we go? And uh, yep. it's going to be the same for City because, look, like it or not, they do have quite a thin squad, uh, thin full of very good players, but they are numerically limited. Um, you know, they are, a, as we've seen with them against... Fulham and, you know, Leicester, they really struggled. Um, not having Haaland really, really ruptured them a little bit. You know, they came away with six points in those games, but you mm-hmm. know, it did take some a very special moment from KDB and a very, very, very dodgy moment from KDB. So um <laughs> yeah, look, so we'll we'll see. But I think I think a lot will happen. I think it's it's an unprecedented season. I think if it wasn't for the World Cup, City would be running away from it. I think the fact that it is there gives a little bit of little bit of who knows what Mm -hmm. what do you think yeah it's i think it can make or break us so i think that that window will be or that uh, world cup window i should say will be potentially a challenge in terms of maintaining the rhythm in terms of Mm -hmm. maintaining maybe that family feeling i don't know how you're going to do that with players all over the the world um and you know, not able to to FaceTime each other, all that kind of a thing. I don't know if that'll be be possible to have those sort of group meetings. So I, I think there'll definitely be time for rejuvenation, you know, as you say, um, mm. with, with Erdegaard staying behind, you know, hopefully not, but potentially, you know, Ben White or um, you know, Gabriella staying behind. So all those kinds of players who, who play, you know, a decent amount of the time, but then um, are not included will, help, will be in line for a very well-deserved break, will rejuvenate, will reassess. And I think, I think that'd be great. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bundesliga uh, has a winter break every season. So this is definitely something that will, will be interesting to see how that affects the Premier League. And um, I think some of the players would be very grateful for the break, some not so much. Um, mm-hmm. But then I think after the World Cup, we maybe have to bear in mind that maybe some players are just a little bit out of it. They need to get back to match playing performance players in the World Cup only have a week or two break so it's all about taking care of our players and I think being ready once the players come back for uh, replacements or slight jigs to the um, to the starting lineup will be key as well yeah I think it, anything can happen as someone else has asked let me just get the name up it says should we go for the league it was uh, Marco Meyer 10 and yes <laughs> yeah we'll never be in this position again maybe I mean who knows I mean Chelsea are going again Man United are going again you know, Newcastle are coming, obviously City, uh, City, it's Spurs, 
will never be where we are right now. <laughs> so uh, I just had to make that point. So no, it's fine. Look, it's it's. Um, uh, just you have to. I don't think we'll. I don't think we'll get it. But you've got to go for it. Got to go for it. I mean, you know, why not dream? Why not dream? And mm, you know, if not? we we get that high and then we just miss out, we're in second. We're back in the Champions League, and away we go. Yeah, I've been heartbroken once. I'll be heartbroken again. I have no doubts about it. So, um, <laughs> I've been hurt once, and I'm I'm glad to say that I'm ready to get hurt again. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so last last question then, and we'll we'll dive into some um, to some women's. I mean, so an interesting question from Not Akash it says, uh, "What would be a Mill Smith Rose uh, role and position in this team?" Again, I think for him he's going to be another crucial element in that squad depth. And he's going to be waiting there, pushing those uh, starting players to mm. really perform, really take it to the opposition. And if if not, he's there and he's ready to, to change the game, to come on. And I think he can be a left wing. I think he can be another rotation for that sense attacking mid. You know, Vieira can play across all three. So I think it's going to be a welcomed addition to, to play wherever. And his ability to play in the spaces... To, to finish as well, I think is going to be fantastic and exactly what we need. So we need that kind of a player ready and firing to come on and change the game when needs be. And then if we're able to rotate and rest some other players and also give teams another thing to think about for someone who plays the same role in a different way, I think that's going to be fantastic. So for me, perhaps at the beginning, he'll be a game changer, come on off the bench, but then slowly, slowly he'll be reintegrated as another way to rotate a, a very strong squad. Yeah, no, I agree, and um, yeah, look, I think in short, I think we'd have a lot more, a lot more goals this season. I think a mm-hmm. couple of those one nils would have been five. <laughs> no, a couple of one nils could have been two nils. I think uh, we'd have had an extra five, six goals this season, really off the mm-hmm. bench. I think Martelli, Martinelli might be rested in one or two games, and I think that will be it. But I do think it's Martinelli's spot to lose. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, I think it would have allowed us a bit of Saka rotation. Could have played. Um, him, him, him out there. I think Katia might have played through the middle a couple of times more. Uh, I think there's a few things that would have happened that kept the squad a little bit fresher. Um, but um, it's uh, it's a good place to be. You know, mm-hmm. get a throwback. And Katia plays his favourite position. Saka gets more of a rest. Martinelli gets more of a rest. We get a few more goal contributions in the last 10-15 minutes when we're struggling. We can get out the pitch more. It's all good. It's all good. So um, really looking forward to having him back. It's, the World Cup, again, allows that time for people to recuperate. Obviously, it's sad that, that he won't be there, but um, yeah, no, su- super happy that that will be happening imminently. I hope so. Um, let, let, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll finish there with with with, with questions. Keen to uh, get your get your insight on what was uh, a very good weekend for for the mighty Arsenal in women's. I know that Man United dropped their first points of the season. They conceded their first goals and put us back on top. Yeah, you know, back on top, Toby, and the Arsenal women's team are flying really are flying and you know back on on the top of the league and for really almost the the first time uh, over a weekend and it's staying that way because uh, as you said United dropped those points Chelsea are now level on points with us so we have a superior goal difference so you know we're, we're staying on top and, and very much enjoying our time there and and rightly so so one of the pieces of news about the week was that Viv Miramar has been given a leave of absence so she's been given time off so she wasn't in the squad this Sunday. She will not be playing for the Netherlands over the next two weeks. So she's just taking that time to to rest and recuperate, were uh, Jonas Eideveld's words, I'm pretty sure. So, And I think 
you know, at that point, he also described the decision that he made uh, with Viv and, and with the club as well as uh, best for, for everyone involved, for Viv to go away, to rest, to recover, to um, just reset and then to come back firing. Because I think they, there is a general sort of consensus that we haven't seen the Viv Miramar we're used to this season. And, you know, she played a, a very full Euros tournament. She hasn't really ever had a break from the Netherlands team since she was 17, 18. So it's it's one of those where I think, you know, everyone needs a break every now and again and it'll help her reassess and, and recharge. So that was one of the pieces of news. And then otherwise, we uh, we played Leicester, uh, bottom of the league Leicester, away on Sunday. I haven't got a point yet. They just underwent a managerial change. But uh, Jonas Ardeval said they were a very organized team and there was something that we would have to be aware of. And looking back last season, where an away game against bottom of the league, Birmingham cost us the league effectively with a 2-0 loss. So you can never be too, you can never rest on your laurels with these teams. And, you know, we went there and we meant, we meant business. Um, you know, we, we got the 4-0 victory. We had goals from Frieda Marnham, um, fantastic assists from Beth Mead to Caitlin Ford. Stina Blackstenius, as well as uh, a Steph Catley left left footed corner, you know, going in unlike Saka's one, you know, all the way. So you know, another one to to add to uh, to the list and a four 0 victory, our fourteenth consecutive league win, continuing our record on another clean sheet for for Manuel Lissenberger and that defence. And great to see Jordan Nobbs firing in that game. You know, as you assume the captain's armband with uh, Kim Little's injury, um, it'll be useful this two week break for for them to to recover because unfortunately uh jordan Nobbs has pulled out of the england squad due to injuries um so she's no longer playing there but she'll be able to to rest and recover uh, as well as for rafaela souza and leah willinson to continue their recoveries alongside kim little so a good week lots to be expectant of lots to be to be proud of as well as we go into the international break and yeah you know looking forward to to continuing on the momentum no, look, it's it's another excellent week. It's uh, top for the women's, top for the men's, top for the under twenty ones, maybe. And it's all looking good. And what's up next for them? So next is a is a very good question. So there's um two weeks break for for the internationals. So you've got like players like Ruben Moy is away, Leo Volti is away, um all all the usuals like um Caitlin Ford as yeah. well. So it really is something that is Interesting how, despite all these international breaks, we're able to still keep the momentum, to still keep together, and to still keep firing. Uh, so within the league, we've got, on the 8th of November, we've got Arsenal against United, 5.30. Um, oh, sorry, on the 19th of November, because today's the 8th. Yeah, so, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we, we'll be playing them, and that'll be a huge game. You know, United have got a point to prove. Arsenal have, have got their lead to protect. So I think that's going to be a sumptuous game. And one, you know, I'm always going to be confident with, with the girls going into the game. I mean, why not? Uh, but I think a professional performance is always going to be needed. And to be honest, I see this kind of a game where we need a little bit of luck. We might scrape out with a 2-1 win or a one all draw. But as long as we, we don't drop points, I think that'll be a positive. Uh, but I see us getting, getting the three points there. And then, and then yeah. after that, uh, we've got a game on the 3rd of December against Everton in the league. Uh, which again is a team that we we should beat. It's a team that's definitely developing and has one of our uh, players there on loan, uh, Giovanni Queiroz, who mm-hmm. is definitely a, another Brazilian starlet uh, in in the Arsenal ranks. 
And then in terms of Champions League, um, in between the league game against United and the league game against Everton, we will be at Juventus. And then that'll be away. Uh, so that's going to be a tough game. Juventus are mm. very strong in the Champions League and also managed by former Arsenal manager Joe Montemuro. So he's out there doing fantastic, uh, fantastic stuff. A very loved character, uh, especially by um, by Jen Beatty, who, in case you guys didn't know, we did an interview with here at Arsenal Editor. Uh, not that we've talked about it for the last, you know, however hmm. long. Um, so, yeah, and he's, he's doing fantastic stuff there. Lena Hurtig will come up against her old club. So another another sumptuous game to look forward to. And uh, tickets for, for the game at the Emirates are still on sale. So definitely worth coming along um, to, to watch that. So, you know, coming up, we've got some interesting league games. The big one obviously being against United. Uh, and then we'll have a different kind of test but equally as difficult against Juventus away in the Champions League. Yeah, look, lots to come, lots to come. And look, um, let's um, let's get this podcast out then. A quick word on, uh, finally, the next game for the men's games. It sounds like there's lots coming up for women's. It's very exciting. A two-week break. It's probably going to be good for them too, um, as much as our World Cup break for the men's is going to be good there too. So, um, well, Arteta's come out and said, literally just now, um, that they're going to play a strong squad tomorrow against Brighton. So before we break, keen to know what you think about that. Yeah, you know, I think he's got the World Cup in mind. You know, he hasn't got 60 mm. million fixtures in, in December to, to think about. Um, so I think he can play a strong squad against Brighton tomorrow. And, you know, what does he mean by strong squad? You know, I think he thinks every player in the squad is strong and, and rightly so. So I, I, would, I would be keen to see what a strong squad looks like um, mm-hmm. whether that means the first 11 or does that mean six out of 11 players are first 11 and and that kind of thing so I think yeah it could be mind games yeah it could be a little bit of mind games you know got to define strong but for me I'm, I'm all for it I think go for it in the cup we've got the world cup buffer in a, in a way it is a buffer and um, so I think I'm very much looking forward to taking this competition seriously and for for trying to get some silverware on the uh, on the shelves in the trophy cabinet. I think it's going to happen. But look, I, I, I'm not quite sure. I, I'm in between. Like Anything we can do to get into the Champions League, I don't care. And if that means sacking off the Europa League or just... Not the Europa League, sorry. I don't mean that at all. I mean the Carling Cup, whatever it's called these days. I would mm-hmm. happily just send out the kids and let them do their thing. If they, they win it, they win it. They don't, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how I feel about it. But like you say, we've got the World Cup coming up. So there is a break there, but it's what the... Then the um, the fixture list fixture list after looks like and look can't get my words out. Let's end it there. If you want to get the podcast out, I can't talk anymore. So I'm gonna go and make some chicken. Connor, thanks so much for coming on. No worries. Thanks so much for having me, Toby. Enjoy that chicken. Uh, that's gonna be delicious, I'm sure. Yeah, don't worry. I'll be staying well away from your handlebars, your grubby little face. So thanks so yeah, much for coming my on, grubby mate. Little <laughs> face is so offended. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, thanks so much, listen, everyone. Do appreciate it. We've got Brighton next, and we've got Wolves. We'll have a, probably the last podcast before the winter break. Um, we'll be focusing on women's after that and maybe what's going on in the World Cup. So thanks so much again. Thanks for listening. Take care. We'll see you next week. Thanks.